Welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 172. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by the early riser himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike, but good news to you and the Moonshots family and our listeners. I'm not going to be sitting here yawning throughout the entire episode. I feel as though I'm fully enlivened and ready for this brand new series. How are you feeling? Well, I'm pretty fired up as well. New series. Uh, also, we are coming to an author that I don't know for how long, Mark, we've been saying we have to do a show on him and his epic book. And we have finally arrived at that moment. Mark, what are we going to dive into? What is calling us in the dawn of the morning? Hmm. Rising us up in the dawn of a brand new habit series is Robert Sharma and his book, The 5AM Club. And Mike, you're right. We've referenced Robert Sharma on the Moonshots weekly show, on our master series. And he's an individual that we keep on circling around. He keeps on helping us wake up with our morning cups of coffee, but we've never actually dug into him until today. So I'm very, very excited to dig into that revolutionary book. I mean, it's fair to say we've touched upon him a couple of times because he's got really interesting formulas, practices, as well as points of view for us to learn from. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to dig, dig into Robert Sharma, actually. Yeah. And I think what we can expect today on show 172 of the Moonshots podcast is a complete, quite an integrated system for, you know, cooking up the best version of yourself. It is the recipe. It is the ingredients uh, to improve yourself, to transform yourself. And this will be particularly good for anyone who has a big mission, a big project on the go. And if you want to kind of build a, a series of habits uh, to build an approach on how you want to bring to life your vision, this show is for you. So it's about getting on top of how you think, feel, and act. And I think importantly, how you can come out of the blocks really strong, like a good start oh, is so good for your day. And something that's rung true for me all my life is win the morning, win the day. And if you think that's an interesting idea, then this show is for you. What do you think, Mark? I, I couldn't agree more. And I think as we dig into today's show, we're going to hear from Robert Sharma. We're going to hear practicalities. You're probably going to hear listeners from myself and Mike reflecting on our mornings because you're totally right, Mike. I agree with you. If you start the day right, man, you've got a whole day of excitement, innovation, and good thinking ahead of you. And that's really what the 5am club is all about. It's revealing some formulas, some practices to feel inspired in the morning, to get up and go, to feel focused and to be ready to be that best version of yourself. Now, uh, for those of you who are not early risers, you may be listening to Mark and I and thinking to yourselves, oh, these guys are crazy about this. <laughs> get up in the morning. You probably, if you're a regular listener to the show, you've probably heard us talk about cold showers, journaling, stretching, meditation, breath work. Well, if you are not sold yet, Mark, I think we have the perfect place to start, don't you? 
That's right. So listeners and Mike, we're going to dig into show 172 with Robert Sharma's The 5am Club by hearing from Robin Sharma, as well as uh, Marie Forleo, who is a great entrepreneur and philanthropist, and she's got a great show out there as well. And we're going to hear from them really discussing those essential practices within the book, The 5am Club. And what Robin Sharma is going to paint for us straight away is the value of rising before the sun. Let's talk about the 5 a.m. club specifically. I love the subtitle, which is Own Your Morning, Elevate Your Life. So is this a practice for you that you had not only experienced for yourself and the transformative nature of it, but clearly you've taught it to other people where you're like, goodness, if people could just get this one thing, you know, obviously there's so much more in the book than just the 5 a.m. club idea, which I wanted to dive into, but there's something, I mean, that's the title of your book. So was this practice itself so transformative or like, this is what the next book has to be about? Absolutely. I have two children. And Colby and Bianca. And if there was one morning ritual, if there was one habit or if there was one piece of advice, not that they listened to my advice, but if there was one piece of advice I'd ask them to listen to, it's rise before the sun. There is a reason many of the great women and men of the world, the great history makers, the great poets, the great philosophers, the great movement makers rose before the sun. There is a magic in the air at 5 a.m. And that's why the 5 a.m. club is so transformational because it's the time of greatest quietude. And I believe tranquility is the new luxury on our planet. It is the time of intimate creativity because you've just been rested. Your brain is fresh. There's, there's latest, uh, there's, there's very recent cutting edge science coming out. Now, when you sleep, your brain actually has a mechanism to wash itself. When you wake up in the morning, your willpower is strongest. When you wake up in the morning, you've got a full well of mental focus. And we know that focus in our world is even more valuable than intelligence. And I could go on and on on the benefits. I mean, you get up at 5 a.m., you've got the world to yourself. There's no crowds. You can think, you can plan, you can care for yourself in a world where so many people are so depleted. And so the 5 it the 5 a.m. club really is a game changer. And then it's not just get up at 5 a.m. and, you know, scratch your stomach or stare up at the ceiling. It's, or look at the, your phone. Or look at, especially <laughs> not. I believe you can play with your phone or change the world. You don't get to do both. Yeah. You can play with your phone or change the world, but you can't do both. How perfect is that? It's so true. And what he's really speaking to there, Mark, is we should cherish the mornings now more than ever because that quietness, that stillness, particularly when it is nice and early, is a sanctuary against all of the information and metaphorical noise that surrounds us. It's something we speak about a lot on the show, but I personally can attest, Mark, that the, one of the greatest ways for me to start the morning is when I'm in my study early in the morning and I have the window open and I just hear the birds awaken and just the, the gentle awakening of a morning. It's so peaceful. It is such a, it's like an elixir against everything that comes racing around in my inbox. Um, it truly is. There is just like a sanctuary in the morning, isn't there? Yeah, I I do find that this is something we discuss a bit on the show. I mean, we've recently, Mike, we heard from Mark Manson and the subtle art of not giving up. And he references this over indulgence almost in uh, media and distractions that get in the way of our life. Obviously, I'm thinking... Cal Newport with digital detox Mm -hmm. and even uh, Jordan Peterson 
an antidote to chaos. You know, mm. we've learned a lot about these different uh, pieces of advice or references to the world being so busy now that we almost wake up and immediately, uh, a lot of us, we check our phones. I can't remember the statistic now. I'll, I'll have a look in a minute of individuals who wake up and the first thing they do is look at their phone. And if you think about what your phone is designed to do, it's got you on social media. It freaks you out with the media or emails. All these things don't necessarily allow you to wake up in the best mood, does it? It instantly raises your anxiety and stress. Well, yeah. And the way I think about um, if I'm making the case for early rising, I mean, I think, you know, it is your capacity of self-will discipline to, you know, if you, if you can get yourself out of bed at a really productive time, that's already a win. And, you know, we saw how popular that uh, William McRaven's, mm. you know, uh, make your bed uh, mantra has become for our listeners and how they really could see that, that, you know, making your bed and getting your ass out of bed early in the morning, these are great wins. They set you up for success. But I think the biggest story here, and this is, I think, very powerful moonshots thinking, is that you are taking ownership, control of your morning, and the morning doesn't take control of you. You get yourself out of bed when you want to, and you don't fall victim to just jumping on your phone because then you're looking at everybody else's priorities, not yours. Mm. Like for me, Mark, the act of thinking about the day before I check my email is such a powerful way of me dictating the terms of the day to the world rather than me looking at all my emails and then thinking, huh, what am I going to do today? I'm going to set the agenda not my inbox. I think this is all tied to this idea of the 5am club. Get up, have the peaceness, the peacefulness, the stillness, the calmness to say, what do I want today to be? To start living that day before all of those interruptions come along. I think this is pretty powerful stuff, Mark. Yeah. And, and it is totally in line, as you say, with William H. McRaven, no matter what happens in the day, whether you're up to your neck in mud, uh, singing shanties with your, with your, your colleagues or uh, those in the forces with you, or whether it's just a really, really nice day ahead, whatever it is, if you take ownership of that moment when you first get up, you know that the rest of the day you're onto a bit of a flow because you've got at least one piece that's gone right for you. One thing that's that's ended up going in the right direction. Momentum, right. Momentum, exactly. Well, Mark, I tell you who else has got momentum, and that's our members. Boy, those members keep coming on strong and fast. And, Mark, as you know, our members who sign up on moonshots.io, uh, they are we are so grateful for them and their contribution, but it would only be appropriate to do a bit of a roll call. Let's shout out to all our Patreon members. That's right. For our momentous moonshots members. Ah, there you go, Mike. Some alliteration. Some alliteration. We are calling out our favorite moonshotters who give a lunar powered dose of good karma and support to us and the moonshots family. We have Bob, Niles, John, Terry, Bridie, Niall, and Marjolin. Ken, Dietmar, Tom and Mark, Marjan, Connor, Rodrigo and Yasmin, Spaceman, Daniela, Lisa and Sid, Maria, Paul, Berg, Kalman and Annette. Welcome Moonshots members. 
We are so grateful to each and every one of you and the contribution that you make. It's roughly about a co- one cup of coffee a month. Uh, that helps us pay all of those bills, hosting, subscription services, transcription services, software, all the things that it takes for us to put this show together for you, our listeners. And we really do hope it gives you inspiration. It gives you a nudge towards being the best version of yourself. And more than anything, you just really enjoy learning out loud together here on the Moonshots podcast. And with that, it is really time to get into making ourselves just that 1% better. And today with Robert Sharma and his book, The 5am Club, we're now going to get into his first method uh, that he's uh, discussing with Marie Forleo. He's going to talk about how you can start your day correctly with a model that he calls 20-20-20 method. The 5M Club method is based on the 2020-20 formula. I'm happy to get into it, but that is- Yeah, the revo- tell us what it is. That's the revolutionizer. And and it started from my experience with working with many billionaires. I've, I've coached many of the most successful financiers and uh, titans of industry for, for over two decades. And one of the things I would run them through is the way you begin your day sets up the way you live your day. And so the 20-20-20 formula that the book is based upon is pretty simple. I, I go into great detail in the book, but essentially it's from five to five twenty. The first pocket is move. And I'm a fanatic about neuroscience and why do you get up and move? Because you're going to release serotonin, which is going to make you feel better. You're going to release dopamine, which is the pleasure and inspirational neurotransmitter. You're going to release norepinephrine, which will boost your focus. You'll promote neurogenesis. Marie, you can actually grow new brain cells. Oh, you yeah, increase yeah. your metabolic rate. So the way you begin, the way you feel when you first wake up is not the way you're going to feel at 520. Second pocket of the 20-20-20 formula, 20 minutes from 520 to 540. That's That's on reflection. So a lot of us are busy, but what's the point of being busy if you're doing the wrong things? The the billionaires, the great creatives, the people of great impact, the people who live beautiful lives are very intentional. Mm -hmm. They're very deliberate. They're very conscious. So for 20 minutes, you write in a journal. You can visualize. You can pray. You can meditate. You can simply contemplate how you're going to live your day, who, what you want to stand for during the day, for example. And then the final pocket of the 2020-20 formula is all about grow. And that's where you, you, you just read from a biography or a business book or a philosophy book. And so that's 20 minutes of growing yeah. because I think we're most alive when we are growing. Yes. And um, I believe the leader who learns the most wins. The leader who learns the most wins, I think, is a good summation of those three parts, Mike, because fundamentally with the movement, with the reflection, with the growth elements and sections that he breaks down in in pretty prescriptive formula, I suppose, and we can dig into that in a minute. I guess for me, the thing that I'm really taking away from that formula and that model is this idea of setting the intention setting the intention, taking ownership of that behavior so that you as an individual or me as an individual can go out, follow those steps and try to uh, be closer to that best version of myself by setting up my day correctly. Yeah. So he's given us a basic three-part model here, move, reflect, and grow. Um, Let's let's do a a little shot here of our favorite stuff in each of those buckets. Okay. So it's early in the morning and you hear, he's saying like, 
let's get moving. And tell me about what would be your go-to for movement in the morning? I am a big walker. I really, really like walking. Now I know that where Robin Sh- Robert Sharma's going is maybe more intense than that, mm-hmm. but there's nothing nicer than, as particularly on the east coast of Australia, than getting that fresh air, that bit of sunshine just before it gets quite a bit too hot. Sometimes yep. I'm yep. I'm an Englishman, Mike, as you know, and getting out <laughs> in that fresh air, getting your mu- your muscles moving, your blood pumping. Obviously, at five a.m. the sunshine might not be up, but it's going to be fresh. Yeah. And it's bringing awareness to each of those limbs, to your skin, to your eyes, your ears, your mouth. And I think there's something quite mindful in that. There is. Absolutely. I mean, it's sensory. That's where I think that the mindfulness really kicks in. Fresh air, you feel the 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 cold, fresh crispness of the of the morning on your skin. I I really love um, you know, my mornings, if I if I have to say, like, what's the perfect movement? I would say even if it's just a 30-minute run, um, yep. just a good run to get sweaty. And then I'll usually, you know, the way I, I'll take up like a glass of water in the morning, I'll run, and then I'll usually do like some electrolytes when I get back to to replace that. That, app, without doubt, is is a great way to start the morning. I think another really good way to start the morning if running's not your cup of tea or you don't have gym equipment. I think uh, high intensity interval training and body weight workouts. So, to me, the go to would be push up, sit up, uh, lunge, and squat. Those four things you can do in your hotel room. Um, if you want to expand on that, again, I'm thinking without the gym, and we want to kind of get Robin Sharma going here. Another one of my favorites is resistance bands. So, um, made famous, uh, I think in part by Tom Brady and his TB12 program. Resistance bands are really good. Very little equipment. You get a lot of good resistance, kind of a similar but better to, than, a, than a weights workout. That's a great way to move. And, you know, Mark, the funny thing is you only need 20 or 30 minutes. You don't need a ton, do you? Well, there, there is a lot of science actually going into this now, isn't there? Uh, particularly maybe on the back of Tom Brady uh, and this idea of focus 20 minutes. If you've got a really good, efficient 20 minutes or so, it's actually more effective and better at being A, building your fitness and B, building muscle than let's say 40 minutes where you're only doing maybe 30, 40, 50% capacity. Yeah. So it's actually better to do really high intensity work in quite short periods, isn't it? And I think it's really important um, what I've learned is that you don't have to go to a gym and have a gym membership. Yeah. You can do so much for yourself with a good walk, a good run, some body weight workout, none of which requires a, a membership, which means you can do it when you want on your terms um, and fit it into your day and that you're not trying to like, you know, get yourself down to the gym or, or, or whatever. So that's a good one. So we've got that one done. Now, reflection, oh boy, did he just kind of collide with some of our yeah. favorite keywords here? Journaling, meditating, planning, praying, <laughs> contemplating. I mean, to me, this is something we've celebrated so much. It's very cool to see um, an author celebrating not only what we did in the health series um, with, with movement, but reflection. I mean, I just think about Matthew McConaughey and Green Lights. 
there is your case for journaling, the power of his story, for his ability to resist all these cheesy rom-com roles. <laughs> and what about that story, Mark, where McConaughey reflected on how he got the script and then they offered him $8 million to do the, the role? Nine million, and it got all the way. If I remember it correctly, did it get up to like fifteen million? And I, th- I think actually it might have gone to eighteen. Eighteen. So it went from eight to eighteen, and every time he was saying no, thank you, no, thank you, and eventually they just gave up. Uh, and after that winter of about two years or or however many years it was for him, he finally came back into the the world, and they had a lot of respect for him because he'd been diligent and focused with his, with his desire. And what gave him that strength? Reflection. Mm -hmm. And how did he reflect? Journaling. Yeah, boy, here we go. Here we go. Robert Sharma would be proud, right? Yeah, absolutely. What what I really like about Robin Sharma already within this formula of 2020, and we've only covered the first two there with movement and reflect is this connection between a physical workout and a mental one. Mm. And I remember when I was going through the years of studying and even more recently when I've tried to uh, learn new skills, pairing an element of um, growth or reflection on yourself paired with something physical is a really good part, uh, a really good partner, isn't it? Wake up your body, wake up your mind by either exercise and reflection, I think are intrinsically paired. And I really like what Robin's doing here which I don't think we've really come into. He's almost colliding our series on health along with our series on stoicism with Ron Holiday. Oh, that's an interesting set of connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. So, so when you want to grow, Mark, to follow Robert Sharma's advice here, he says move, reflect, and grow all between five and six. What do you do to grow? I think the easiest uh, time of learning is right now. So, and what I mean by that is we have a plethora of uh, information at our fingertips. So spoiled. So spoiled. We've got YouTube. Obviously, you've got podcasts. Uh, such as uh, there's this great one that I've heard of, Mike, uh, the Moonshots podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And they're all orientated around helping us learn and make the most of our time, be efficient and take ownership of what we almost consume from an intellectual perspective. And for me, that's, that's probably where I go to most because I'll be perhaps combining it a little bit with the movement space. So I might be moving, doing some exercise and also hearing an audio book mm. or a podcast, maybe at the same time. And I think maybe we're, we're jumping a little bit ahead here, but I think the 2020 formula that Robin Sharma's got, you can reflect on it and you can just make it work for you, can't you? You mm. can combine them somewhat if you need to, in order to make the most of your time there. How are you, are you seeing them as really sharp 2020 breaks or would you tend to allow them to overlap? Uh, look, I mean, see, this is where I'm perhaps a little bit uh, different. And I think, you know, what I would encourage all of our listeners and yourself to do is just find the right mix of these 2020 pieces. So, I mean, I love the idea of move, reflect and, and, and grow. I, I think you can, like, I mean, Robert gives like a template from between five to six, three parts, give it a go, try, see if it works mm. for you. I know for me that um, because of how I think 
I'm better off, um, you know, doing my morning rituals, which would be to wake, cold shower, stretch, breathe, meditate, journal, then go for a run. And then when I return from that, then I really sink my teeth into, into the work. And that first two hours will be pretty intense, deep work. Um, so it doesn't really work for me. So what he's suggesting is to, to do some, some growth work at the end there. But if I review my goals, read books, consume an audio book or do some mm. study, the problem is I start up like a freight train, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 20 minutes is just not enough. Yeah. Some interesting things that I will do, some more snackable things like he's suggesting, is I use a tool called Readwise. And what that does is that takes all of the highlights that I make in my Kindle and in my Instapaper account. So effectively, when I'm reading something and I think, oh, that's a really good point, when I make that highlight, it all gets synced to Readwise. And what Readwise does is helps you organize and remember your highlights. And it sets you a daily habit of uh, going through five highlights and categorizing and uh, practicing them. And what I mean by that is once you've highlighted something, you're like, oh, that was a really good point. What it has the capacity to do is to bring you back to it maybe a week, maybe a month later and remind you of it. And you, you put it in a category and you can you know, filter it out or keep it. It's totally up to you. But what they're trying to do is by bringing it back in a daily review habit is to cement the highlight that you made mm. in an article or in a book. And that would be a great uh, little exercise if you wanted to spend 20 minutes every morning, check out Readwise and just sync up your your different uh, bookmarking and, and book accounts. And it just brings you back to your highlights. And I've become thoroughly addicted to that. And that's something you can easily do in uh, five or 10 minutes every morning. It's it's wonderful. What a great, great tip. I haven't heard of Readwise. I do highlight in my Kindle as well as I use Instapaper. But there's until now, I've never been something that consolidates it. And I think Mike, thank you for sharing that. We'll put a link in our in our show notes as well. I think what you're really talking about there with the daily reminders is is Readwise trying to build that habit, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And really fundamentally what Robin Sharma is saying in the 5am club, and remember we're starting a brand new series on habits today in show number 172, is building those habits in order to make practices and behaviors and ways of thinking cemented in your in your daily process. So the next clip, Mike, that we've actually got, again, is from Robin Sharma himself, helping us understand the three different phases of building habits and fundamentally how to install habits that last. The ritual plasticity, what does ritual plasticity mean? Well, just like there's neuroplasticity, your habits, your routines, and your rituals are plastic. Ritualplasticity. Here's a model that will explain, hopefully, habit installation. First of all, every habit goes through three phases. Number one, destruction. Of course it's going to be hard at first. You're destroying your neural pathway of the old habit. 
the, and the emotional architecture of that old habit. Every routine or ritual or habit goes through, number one, destruction. Approximately 20 days. 66 days to install. Look at this. From the starting point to anything you've learned today you want to install as a habit, from zero to 66 days. At 66 days, you will reach what researchers call automaticity. It'll be easy. You'll get up at 5 a.m. automatically. You'll journal. Go the extra mile. Practice your craft automatically. But you have to stay with it for 66 days. First 20 days approximately is phase number one, destruction. Phase number two, confusion. After you've destroyed it, it's like a renovation. There's a mess. Now you're confused. It's normal if you're confused. If you're confused, you're still thinking for yourself. If you're confused, it means you're growing. Society says, what's wrong with you? You're confused all the time. I'm suggesting to you, you're confused all the time because every single day you're disrupting who you used to be yesterday. And of course, society doesn't understand you. To have the results very few have, you've got to live and behave like very few do. After confusion, stage number three, the final 20 days approximately, integration, integration of the new habit. Destruction, of course, it's going to be hard for 20 days. Confusion, phase two, messy in the middle. You're going to feel like giving up. This won't make sense. It's new to you. Finally, integration. You get to automaticity. It becomes a part of your new belief, your new way of being. It becomes easy. Here's the fascinating thing. You only use willpower until you get to automaticity. This is the secret of the great athletes. They are spending all this energy on willpower just to install the routine. Once the routine becomes automatic, the exciting thing is they free up their willpower for their next routine to be installed. Mark, this is getting into the serious, the uh, the deep uh, science of building like a habit as uh, James Clear would say, that becomes a lifestyle. Um, I think there's so many ways to go with this, but I think the one thing for sure is if you want to set a new habit, I think that first couple of months is become so important. I think the word that comes to my mind is you need to be vigilant. You need to uphold it with the greatest attention possible, don't you? Yeah, I think that's exactly where Robin Sharma's going, Mike, when he's referring to willpower. You know, these athletes who spend the first couple of months using willpower to build that routine, and then it enters that integration stage, that automaticity point, that then it becomes almost fun to continue going out and doing. And mm. I think that's a, that's a really nice way of thinking about any formation of a habit. It's going to be tricky to uh, destroy your current behavior. It's then going to be tricky and almost confusing when you're trying to install a new one. But after that, you kind of, you've reached the top of that hill and then it becomes that little bit easier as you go into the future, into months three, four, and so on. 
Yeah, and he talks about that all change is hard at the first, as he said, yeah. messy in the middle, but gorgeous at the end. Let's let's go to the to the pointy end of this and, and where it's really hard, um, and talk about like how we how we actually get started on on a habit. And you know, I have this really um, fanatical thing that I do, Mark, where if I want to set a new habit, I make it a daily reminder in my to-do application. My to-do app of choice is called Todoist, <laughs> which is, it's just the most gorgeous design. It just works for me in the way I work. I know there's plenty of to-do lists out there, but if anyone is struggling with uh, habit creation and wants to find a tool that is multi-platform and just helps you get jobs done, uh, Todoist is the app of choice that I would recommend. But for example, if I want to take a new vitamin supplement, uh, such as Q10, um, which is one of my, my favorite ones, um, I set it as a daily reminder and I, I will uh, leave it there for months, close to a year sometimes before I think it is so cemented as a lifestyle, as a ritual that I know I'm going to take that vitamin supplement in, in the morning. And, you know, I actually still to this very day, if I look at my daily tasks that reside in, in Todoist, I have things like journaling because it's so important to me, Mark, that journaling is a daily task seven days a week for me, mm. working out daily task. <laughs> uh, what else have I got here? Sleeping well because it's so important to me. It's actually on my checklist, Mars, <laughs> because, because, Mark, if I sleep well, I can get up at five, I can make my bed, I'm on the way. Uh, breath work, um, work from a standing desk to, That's to one. For, for my own personal physical health. I'm doing calls sometimes standing up and that's how I, I get in my minimum 30 minutes of uh, standing work a day. Um, how do you go about, like what's your hack to, to get the, at the hard bit when, the, when you're first introducing the change, what do you do to get your habits cemented? So I think I have to start by really coming to terms with the desire to change. So let's say it's, uh, let's choose something that I've done recently. Um, well, I suppose journaling as well, you know, journaling is, is a pretty universal example. I'll have to come to terms or appreciate the, the sort of need or the goal that I have with trying to break an old habit. So in this case, breaking an old habit would be not journaling, going to bed and playing on your phone or going to bed and just reading a book rather than taking some time to reflect on it. And for me, Mike, I'll, I'll write my journal actually in the evenings as opposed to the mornings. Uh, that's, as we say, listeners, just figuring out whatever works for you, whatever habit is best in, in your day. So for me, Mike, I will also have quite regimented tasks within mm -hmm. Todoist. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at mine. I've got exercise 60 minutes. Sorry, Robin, I won't just do 20 minutes. I might do 60. <laughs> <laughs> I've got write. So that could be Ooh. journal. That could be otherwise. As well as um, call friends, family, and so on. Keep up to date with, with uh, 
individuals. And then I'll also utilize my calendar to almost time block my day Mm -hmm. for smaller aspects as well. So if it's a habit like journaling, I might put it into my to-doist. If it's a habit where I've got to hold myself accountable to complete something maybe every day, I'll put a reminder also in Google Calendar so that I'm kind of getting uh, hit or reminded from two different avenues, two different aspects. Yes. And again, same as you, the act of repetition, seeing it all the time, eventually builds that association where after maybe a few months, maybe it's six, maybe it's 12, I can turn it off because now it's just a behavior that I can't uh, start a good day without doing. Yeah. And I think the real test of knowing when you've got to that third stage that uh, Sharma talks about is when you look forward to doing it, it comes so naturally, like my run today, like it was like my whole very being last night was get your ass to bed so you can run before the show. Mm. And um, that's just because the run uh, feels so good, makes me happy and, and provides many of the benefits that Robin Sharma talks about. The, the one thing here is that is most useful is that Robin Sharma talks about how uncomfortable it gets mm. at the beginning. And I think if you, you reflect on, hey, I'm going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is something we got from the Joe Rogan show, I think if you can almost be excited about the adoption of something new and that it kind of feels all goofy and weird, right, rather than like, oh, gosh, rather than being resistant or negative, just choose to perceive it as novel, as new, as lighting up new neurons in your mind, getting you excited and activated for something new, rather than being like a versionary, oh, it's all feeling a bit awkward and hard. Just enjoy that destructive process of breaking in new patterns into into your very being. I think this is this is key, right? Because I think what happens is we all feel either uncomfortable or maybe even embarrassed when we try to start something new. Mm. But turn, I, I say turn that on its head, celebrate it, love it, be goofy, be uncomfortable. That's okay. And I think what you see is Robin Sharma is is kind of making a case for why you should do that, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, let's use going for a run, maybe doing 5k a day or or less. In fact, let's say you're training towards a half marathon. And this is a, an example, Mike, that I think you've said on, on moonshots before, which is if you've got a target, let's say it's 5k, 10k, just give it a go. Don't beat yourself up if you can't get to that total within the first day or within the first week. I think it really speaks. And I think Robin Sharma's speaking to it again, just give yourself the time, the space, as well as the patience to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're, you're just going to throw it, throw it out the window. You're going to think, oh, you know what, running, oh, it hurt my knee. Uh, I couldn't even get up that hill. Running's not for me. I'll throw away my running shoes. Whereas actually, what I find personally with running is after the first two, three or four, suddenly running becomes a little bit easier, doesn't it? It does. Because you're just used to that strain, that stress that your body's going through. And suddenly you're then starting to get that, what they call the runner's high, and you can start to enjoy it. And I think that kind of speaks to that 
installation protocol that Robin Sharma is discussing there, Yes, which is once you get through that kind of uncomfortable stage, and I guess it's like anything in life, once you get through the uncomfortable stage, you can start enjoying the journey before you get to that destination of actually going out and doing that half marathon because you're actually enjoying the process of creating a new experience. Exactly. A new ritual, a new lifestyle. And I tell you what's also very good to create as a habit is, is opening up your Apple podcast app or Spotify and give a rating or a review to your favorite podcast, Mark. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I believe that uh, the best way of doing it is exactly as you just described. If you're listening to a, your favorite podcast, let's do an example, listeners. Moonshot Podcast. You're listening to us coming down your, your headphones today. Just pop along into your Apple Podcasts app and leave us a rating or even a review because that's really the way for listeners around the world to hear about the Moonshot Podcast. It'll help us with the algorithm uh, and be shown whenever people are searching for, let's say, Robin Sharma, the 5AM Club. And that's really how we get the Moonshots message and the learning out loud message to the masses, isn't it, Mike? Well, I think, you know, we want as many people as possible to be the best version of themselves. And if you, as you're listening right now, just open up the app, go in, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us a star, a thumbs up. It doesn't really matter which app you use. Your ratings, your reviews, you spreading the good word about us. This is how we grow and this is how we can help as many people as possible be the best version of themselves. And that's why we do this. Uh, and we know uh, that you are a critical part of the equation. We know that your sharing, your advocacy will help us on this mission. So get in there, just open up the app, give us a star, a rating, a review, uh, tell uh, the world how you feel about being part of the Moonshots podcast. And as we do that, our gift back to you is to delve into four focuses that Robin Sharma has identified as really being sort of at the essence of mastering yourself. So once again, let's get into the work of Robin Sharma. This time, we're going to have a listen to YouTube channel Upgraded Mentality, breaking down his four focuses. Successful people tend to focus better than the average people. Not only that, they tend to focus on key areas. These four focus areas are as follows. The first, capitalization focus. We each have certain gifts that we are born with that will come naturally to us if we allow them to. This doesn't happen automatically, though. We must search for them and cultivate these talents before they can really help us succeed. Focus two, eliminating distractions. In the world of social media, it is easier than ever to be distracted. Unless you carefully set your smartphone, it can buzz with notifications almost constantly throughout the day. Eliminating distractions and being able to focus on only a few important tasks is the second focus of the successful. Focus three, personal mastery. Hate to break it to you, but you will never be perfect. You will always be a work in progress. Sharma recommends focusing on what he calls the four interior empires. The first mindset is your self-talk. Two, your heart set is your emotions. Three, health set is your physical fitness. And four, your soul set, contemplation and meditation on who you are. The fourth focus, day stacking. This focus is where the victory hour shows up. 
Focus on creating great days and making each day better than the last one. Habits and consistency will lead you to success, not bursts of short-lived motivation. I think that's a good little takeaway at the very end, Mike, isn't it? If you can build habits, you'll get long-term success, new behaviors, new ways of thinking. But if you only do them in a maybe a short-term burst, or maybe you read up, you learn for a period of time, but you don't install it as a habit, it's just, a, as they say, a flash in the pan rather than a brand new behavior that you can really cultivate as a, as a lifelong mm. skill. It, it's it's almost like um, as you were talking there, I was thinking about like the sports analogy. Like a great sports team would train regularly, methodically, mm. ritualistically to be as good as they can be in the gym, on the court, you name it. So why wouldn't we just do the same? Why for ourselves, right? Like, why don't we see ourselves as a sports team that needs a game plan, a practice? We need to recruit in the off season. <laughs> like I could keep going, but, but, but for me, it is like, you got to go to training. Mm. Um, and you'll remember when we did the Michael Jordan show in the end, his training attitude was what set him apart. He trained harder than everyone else. He turned up to training before everyone else. He stayed at the end and so by the time he got out on a court in a real game, he's like, this is easier than my training. I work harder in my training than I do in the court. I mean, putting in this continuous habits, lifestyle of improvement, of, of the search for mastery, of growing, this is at the heart of what Robin Sharma is talking about. And what I think is really interesting here is he's like basically saying us in these four uh, key things is capitalization, right? Focusing on the right things, getting rid of all of distractions, master yourself, and then stack the day for success. There's so much in that. And I can see it takes years and, and I still continue to work on what a great day looks like. I t like I've been working on this for so long and I'm genuinely excited to work on this until the day I die. Mm. But this is, as you said, and as, as a theme that for this show, it's not a flash in the pan. You either do it or you don't. It's how you live or how you don't. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And you're quite right. The, all these elements, you know, we might hear about, uh, these different habits, behaviors being touched upon in different shows. You know, I mentioned Cal Newport, digital uh, minimalism earlier, and that's very much in line with Robin's uh, suggestions on not only how you wake up, but also what you focus on. Uh, you remove yourself from social media and so on. But you're right, that personal mastery piece is something that we're all working on day in, day out. It's every single moonshotter that we encounter, whether it's keeping your mind uh, active from a growth mindset perspective, whether it's having gratitude, utilizing uh, exercise or nutrition and sleep to be the best version of yourself, all the way through to reduction of your ego, mm. stoicism, Ryan Holiday. Mm. I feel as though the, these elements that all ladder up to Robin Sharma's core lesson within the 5am club is totally in line with what I think you and I try and do on the Moonshot Show, Mike. Absolutely. And I think um, where we get to is this moment. Do you make the very 
deliberate, meaningful choice to work on yourself, not just to work in the day. Mm. And I think one of the patterns of success that we have seen so strongly is that the people who thrive and the people that succeed are those who are continuously working on themselves, challenging themselves to be better, like relentless search of growth rather than saying, hey, I've made it or hey, I don't need to learn anything new. But they are of such a growth mindset that they are not just stumbling in a sort of like a comatose day, but they're continually working on themselves, building habits for a day, for a life. And I think that is the biggest choice that I made when I was 20 years of age. Unknowingly, I said, I want to be better. I don't want to be lazy. I don't want a half-assed approach to life. Mm. I want to be all in. I had none of the answers that have been revealed in the Moonshots podcast, but I think that's the choice that we all need to make. Do we want to confront the things that we suck at, that we're bad at? Do we want to confront our weaknesses, explore our strengths, and build a path to mastery, build a path where we actually explore our potential, nurture our potential. And I think whilst Robin Sharma is giving us a great recipe, I think what comes through the reading of this book is a really important choice. Are you going to work on yourself? What do you think as you go through this, uh, all these great learnings that we have from the 5am club, what do you think is the takeout beyond that of getting up at 5am in the morning? Well, yeah, exactly. I, I think you've, you've nailed it there. Yes, he is, uh, Robin Sharma's putting it in the lens of waking up at 5am, which arguably is, is a great idea. You get an extra hour of time from a practicality perspective. Really what I think we're learning from the book, The 5am Club, is actually taking ownership of how you utilize your time so even if 5 a.m. becomes, let's say, 6 a.m., or maybe 5 a.m. becomes 4 a.m., <laughs> it can work both ways. I think what's standing out to me within Robin Sharma's work is really focusing on beginning your day correctly. But that doesn't necessarily end with your first cup of coffee or your breakfast. It can be something that you work on and cultivate throughout the entire day. And really what it's laddering up towards is developing new habits, whether that habit is waking up early or whether that habit is just doing something, changing something in your day to be that a little bit more efficient or a little bit more focused or even motivated. And I think that's really how I see this show fitting in within Mike, the habit series that we've just begun. It's really cultivating belief in yourself, giving yourself confidence to either A, try new things. Maybe that new thing is uh, going on a diet or exercising or starting your own business. And I think what we've found throughout all of the moonshotters so far is you have to work pretty darn hard. And mm. that, that working hard does not necessarily end when you wake up at 5am. It doesn't end 
when you reach the 6am mark and you've done 20 minutes of movement, reflection and growth, you can't just then say, Hey, I'm done. I'll sit back down again. <laughs> I, think, I think what it's really what, what, where Robin Sharma is kind of speaking to me. And it's the extension of that habit insulation protocol, as well as the four focuses that we just heard about, which is it's got to be a daily, almost hourly process that we will go through in order to try and achieve our best version of ourselves. So and the true. fact is we're not all, we're, we're never necessarily maybe be perfect but we can all work towards being that little bit more efficient day by day. And through compound interest, you're always going to end in a week's time better than you were a week ago. Yes. And if you've made this choice, when you're confronted with the blockers, the bumps in the road, you will know that that's a great sign. You know, it's like when you're working out and you're like, oh, this is really hard. Well, chances are you're actually doing a lot of good for yourself because you're pushing yourself through those barriers. And David Goggins would be proud of you. And I'll tell you what David Goggins will be proud of is this idea from Robin Sharma as he's talking to Marie Forlow for the last time on this show and talking about how new habits are hard. All right, Robin, this sounds good waking up at 5 a.m., but what about the fact that I have, you know, tiny babies and a dog that just threw up and all of these kind of um, concerns or, or constraints that I don't think I can do this? What do you say to people when they're like, that just sounds too hard? Well, you know, the the pathway to world class is hard. I think suffering's got a bad rap. I think difficulty, you look at any, you know, great athlete, for example, they understand that challenge, difficulty, grit, persistence, wiring in new habits, morning rituals, evening routines are the price of admission for world class. And so let's go to the research again. University College London says it takes 66 days of practice to wire in a new habit. In other words, the gift of genius is not genius. The gift of genius is actually neuroplasticity. In other words, we have a brain that can grow. It's sort of plastic. It's malleable. The good news is that's not just for Kanye and Beyonce and Federer and Oprah and um, Phil Knight. Every one of us has that capability in our brain to build genius. So what I'm suggesting is anyone who wants to get up early so they get an extra hour and they can do the things that we're talking about, practice it for 66 days until you will reach what researchers call a state of automaticity, where it actually gets easier to get up at 5 a.m. than not to get up at 5 a.m. And so in the book, one of the brain tattoos is all change is hard at first and it's messy in the middle and it's gorgeous at the end. And everything, Marie, that we once found difficult, that we now find easy, we once found difficult. We do have the ability to wire in new habits and joining the 5 a.m. club is, is simply the best habit anyone can wire in to lead to an upward spiral of success for greater productivity, better health, more peace of mind, more happiness, and living a much more high-impact life. I think, Mike, that feels as though a perfect synopsis or wrap-up for a lot of the lessons that we've, that we've been discussing today, particularly, and the thing I, I really want to come back to, is the fact that genius and this idea of genius, this idea of being a moonshotter even, can be achievable to all of us. But the truth is it does take some damn hard 
work. We can all do it if you're willing to put in the practice. Sure. And here's, here's the news. I think most people don't put in the work. I, th- I think that's really what it comes down to, isn't it? You know, most people don't get up at five. Most people don't make their bed. So maybe this is a good way to motivate you. If you simply start doing these things, you're the exception, not the rule. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, something as, uh, to be honest, unpleasant to begin with as cold showers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've particularly started redoing it. I gave myself a little bit of a break, Mike, I'll be honest. Oh, Mark, <laughs> hang on. Our listeners have just like fallen off their chairs. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought this was the cost of being a Moonshots host that you had to do the cold shower. Well, well exactly. So, so here's my, here's my pitch listeners. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, I took a break uh-oh. and when I came back to it, it was almost like I was, I was kind of learning it again if that makes sense. So it was such a habit that then when you give yourself a little bit of a break, much like working out and exercising, I suppose, it degrades your resilience to it degrades quite quickly. But what I will say is when you come back to it after even just a short break, your tolerance is still a lot higher. So there was a residual um, comfort, I suppose, that came with the cold shower. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as frightening the first time as perhaps it was a year ago when we did the Wim Hof show. So I think my my point really there is with that little bit of practice, it does become that little bit easier to put up with things like cold showers or waking up early or going for that extra long run. I think it's just exposure. I don't know, Mike. I think we need to report you to Moonshot's uh, HR department. <laughs> I think this is this is scandalous breaking news here on <laughs> the Moonshots podcast. No, you're absolutely right. And and also something that's really good that that uh, Sharma points out is you know it's hard, it's uncomfortable, um, you know. And uh, he talks about suffering has a bad rap. I love that point. Um, because we've seen, you know, Joe Rogan and many others talk about get get comfortable with uncomfort. Uh, Yako Willink, problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, this is where you want to be because as soon as you, you've, you're prepared for that, you've made a deliberate decision to work on yourself, you can go places once you know it's going to be hard. Stop expecting it to be easy. Stop expecting uh, to be an overnight success because it, it just doesn't happen like that, does it? No, absolutely not. It, there's no... Overnight success, I don't think. And anybody who claims that you can get into riches or happiness within six steps is is probably um, saying something that's not <laughs> quite true, Mike. I think like anything in life, it just takes time. And to be honest, as we've learned on the Moonshot Show, the journey is often even more enjoyable than the destination of once you put yourself into that growth mindset. Change your perception and rather than trying to sprint towards the finish line, instead enjoy growing that resilience, that grit, that, uh, that determination, because fundamentally it's actually quite fun. True, true. Well said. Build a ritual, build a habit, build a lifestyle to be the best version of yourself. Well, Mark, thank you to you for sharing this journey into the 5am club. And thank you to you, our listeners. Uh, it has been fantastic to have you on show 172 with Robin Sharma's The 5am Club. And it all began with his notion, with his idea, rise before the sun. And in doing that, leap into your 2020 model to start your day correctly. And don't forget that building habits 
has three phases and it all starts with that messy, ugly destruction. But once you've broken through that, you can work on the big four, capitalization, freedom from distractions, personal mastery and day stacking. Do those things and you'll be on a great journey. But he also told us you'll be on a hard journey, but that's okay. Do these things. Wake at 5 a.m., win the morning, win the day, and you will truly be on the way to being the best version of yourself. And that's what we're all about here on the Moonshots Podcast. That's a wrap.